Just a quick word to say that support for this episode comes from our dear friends at Womanhood. Womanhood is an online lingerie retailer that champions female-founded brands and designers and aims to empower their community to buy beautiful pieces for themselves and celebrate their bodies when wearing underwear. Sometimes I find when I'm searching for underwear online, it can be a bit of an intimidating experience because of the unrealistic beauty standards and body shapes that are often advertised. This is why I fell in love with womanhood, because for once I actually felt like I was looking at real people, real bodies and real photos. This is because I was seeing completely different body shapes and images that were 100% genuine with no retouching or editing at all, which was extremely refreshing to see. I've got on one of their sets and it's honestly my favourite underwear because it does the impossible, which is being super super comfy but also gorgeous, which is a really odd combination because it literally never happens. I feel like you always have to sacrifice at least one of those things. So a huge thank you to Womanhood, who, as well as helping to make this episode possible, are making a donation to the charity Time's Up UK. You can shop the curated collection by visiting womanhood.shop. Thank you, Womanhood. Capturing on-camera experiences of everyday harassment, photographer Eliza Hatch retelling stories on film in the hope of giving women the courage to speak out. He tried to put his hand on my shorts. The conductor tapped my ass. And they kept him following me. His hand was going up my skirt and I, my body somehow froze. You know, no one intervened. Cheer up love, a phrase sometimes shouted at women on the street. They're photographed in places where harassment has happened. Catcalling to curb crawling, this campaign covers it all. Hello and welcome to an International Women's Day special of the Cheer Up Love podcast with me, your host, Eliza Hatch. Today, I'm speaking to an incredibly impressive woman, Dame Heather Rabatz. Heather is currently the chair of Time's Up UK and the managing director at Cove Pictures, but has had a vast and remarkable career spanning law, media, government and sport. Beginning her career as a barrister, then becoming a government advisor and rising to prominence as chief executive of the Borough of Lambeth, Heather made history as the youngest council chief in the UK. She made history again years later, being the first woman from an ethnic minority background to serve as the Football Association director from 2011 to 2017. Heather is also a trustee of the Royal Opera House, is on the boards of Crossrail, the UK Film Council, British Council, and has held a position as governor of the BBC. Heather's career and honours are dazzling. After receiving a CBE in the year 2000, she went on to receive a Damehood in 2016 and was named one of the BBC's 100 women. Just reading and researching these achievements alone has left me feeling inspired and slightly awestruck, but it's Heather's work with Time's Up UK which is what I'm most excited to speak with her about. For listeners who are unfamiliar, Time's Up UK is an organisation dedicated to ensuring safe, fair and dignified work for women, which came about as a response to the Me Too movement and the growing Time's Up movement in the US. So join me now to listen to our conversation, a special International Women's Day episode with Dame Heather Rabatz. But yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. It's, um, it's such an honour to have you on the show and just no. <laughs> how have you been doing and, you know, most importantly, coping in our third lockdown. Yeah, I think it's, listen, it's been, it's been a very tough period for so many people and, um, mm-hmm. you know, speaking for myself personally, you know, doing isolation alone because uh, I lost my husband a couple of years ago has, you know, been really challenging, but it reminds us all, doesn't it, of all those small moments in our lives that we took for granted, like going to buy a latte yeah. and 
talking to the people who are serving you or meeting a friend and just sharing food together. And um, I can't wait <laughs> uh, and hopefully soon for all those uh, small moments to be back in my life and for all of us, really. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we will remember that, um, you know, as we no doubt rush back into <laughs> slight madness, Hopefully we will all remember that what what is important in our lives and not take it perhaps so much for granted as we did before. Yeah. We all know that our memories are short sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I think there's something that has to be said for, you know, taking things for granted. I don't yeah. think anyone will be doing that after this. Yeah. Um, but this episode is a particularly special one as it's going to be broadcast on International Women's Day 2021. And I, like many others, am in complete awe of your impressive and varied career, which has spanned many different sectors including law, sport, government, broadcasting and film, just to name a few. It would be a bit of an understatement to say that many of these sectors you worked in, and especially at the time when you started, weren't as diverse as they are now. I was wondering if you could give our listeners a bit of an insight as to what the atmosphere was like when you started in these very traditionally male-dominated sectors. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And I, I and there has been progress. But I, you know, I, I was just um, recalling to a friend the other day, that in on all the boards I've sat on, and in all uh, working at senior levels, mm. I have never worked with another black person. And I've been on boards for, oh gosh, 30 years now. So we have made progress. Um, but I'm often the only person of colour in the room. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, the work is so important that we we continue to challenge that issue of representation, which is fundamental. Yeah. I think there's definitely in terms of sitting on boards where, as I say, which are still very much dominated by by men. I think there is a greater level of understanding and appreciation by male allies that it has to change and I've often been you know the first woman and the only woman but I've wherever I've been I've tried to create the space and I suppose challenge the assumptions that in the future uh, that, that there should be more women and it's interesting to note that increasingly on boards we're getting to a level of representation of women uh, up to about the 30 percent so when you look at the top companies what we don't have still I think of the top 250 FTSE companies there are only 18 with women chief execs mm -hmm. so the change is slow I think some of that sense of isolation I felt when I was first on board it, it there's less of that there are some other women that I meet as I said I don't meet other people of color on boards uh, but there's an acceptance I think that actually when when I talk about diversity and inclusion whereas years ago there would have been oh she's on about that again <laughs> uh, there isn't that reaction now there is no we do need to mm. turn our minds fully and squarely into what it is that we need to do to change our own culture and our own set of behaviors so that we um, move towards a much greater position of equity. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it definitely feels like there is a shift in attitude to change that, but there's also mm. so much that needs to be done still. And I feel like in these areas, it feels like we're only just starting to have 
the conversation's just starting to take it seriously. And there's, I, I think there's still a lot of things that need to be done that many people aren't even totally aware of, just like the glaring inequalities that exist with the gender pay gap and childcare. And as you said, a, a lack of diversity on boards and in leadership positions. Mm. And I just think that mm. a lot of people actually considerably are, are quite unaware that these inequalities still exist. And I think that just because there are more women in the workforce and more women of colour in the workforce, that that, is, yeah. that represents inequality in, in gender. But as we know, it, it doesn't like exactly. No, no, it doesn't. I, I think I would only say that whilst you're right, there is still a lack of recognition. I do think the, you know, and clearly the work that we try and do at Time's Up and indeed other organisations, whether it's women on, on, on border and of course, crucially, the Black Lives Matter movement, mm. they are definitely creating a momentum around, around change, in, in, particularly in the area that I work in, as well as um, active in which is in film television and theater you know we've seen and i've just been undertaking literally calls with all the production companies with all of the broadcasters around diversity and writers there is everybody sitting up and saying no we're now going to start to commission more writers of color for example there's you know uh, platforms such as netflix and broadcasters like sky mm -hmm. really pushing in their commissioning criteria that you have to have diverse crews we've pushed in terms of women directors so and this five years ago this would not have been a conversation where you would have had that immediate resonance but much more crucially where we're seeing changing practice now that's one sector but hugely important obviously in terms of you know the creative economy we all hope when the pandemic eases that it will return to its you know usual dynamic self which is a major contributor to the economic health and well-being certainly of the UK that if we can change practices in that area then that, that you know we're, we're seeing some real significant changes and that's what we have to do I, mm -hmm. I you know there's a you know the great Angela Davis when she talked about the systems of discrimination. She talks about, well, you know, how do you dismantle these systems which have been built into our society for centuries and decades, is that you, you dismantle those systems brick by brick. You, you can't take on the whole, but if you can dismantle it brick by brick, and if you do so in, in a strategic mm -hmm. way, then gradually that building will fall. And that's what we try and do. We try and think about in times up, where can we apply pressure, which will create tipping points? You know, what's interesting, and it's certainly been taken up by the studios and by production companies here and broadcasters here, is okay, we now absolutely have to face fully mm -hmm. and squarely into this issue. And there's still a huge amount to do, however. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Time's Up in relation to dismantling the system brick by brick. And yeah. I think that's something that Time's Up is doing a really, a really good job of addressing because the issue mm. of sexual harassment and especially harassment in the workplace is such a widespread yes. issue that affects all different kinds yeah. of sectors different people yeah. in so many different varied ways and in some senses when 
the Me Too movement happened, it felt so overwhelming to even address this issue that was so widespread. It was like, how do you even you know, get to the root of it? But with something like Time's Up, because it's addressing mm. a very specific part of the industry. And that obviously went hand in hand with what happened with like the Harvey Weinstein scandal that broke after Me Too. And I think it does a really good job of addressing a part of it and saying, yes. okay, this is yeah. you know a part of the industry that we've seen a lot of sexual harassment and a lot of sexual misconduct happening in how can we address this particular thing how can we pull all our attention on this and I think yes I think what we've tried to do is as you say time's up is a movement born out of the me too movement time's up if Mm. you know if me too is looking backwards of the historic abuse what time's up is trying to do is to put in layers of protection and safety in in, certainly in the areas that I'm specifically mm. involved with at the moment in, in film and, and television and, and theatre. But clearly we know that issues of sexual harassment, of bullying, of microaggressions are systemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recently, for example, we've done a, a significant amount of work in microaggressions and microaggressions are on that spectrum of sexual uh, sexual harassment and bullying and we know that they that that behavior has significant impact on women people of color gay and lesbian individuals and therefore how do you address that how do you change that and that's been the work that we've been involved in and we've recently started conversations with women in finance and banking And those issues of microaggressions, you know, you could be having the same conversation that we do with, you know, some of our people who are working in production companies or actors. These are are sadly not unique experiences. They are shared experiences across sectors. And therefore, what we are trying to do now is to take that learning that we have and work with women in other sectors around how that behavior can be challenged. And I think you know, sexual harassment, abuse, bullying has been the focus of the work, but actually, of course, it speaks to this much bigger agenda, which is a culture in, in, in organisations and in corporations. And that culture has been usually uh, built on, on, you know, on, 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 on a very male, white male-led premise. And that's why part of the work we are always seeking to do, and that goes back to my brick by brick analogy, is if you're focused on dealing with sexual harassment, dealing with bullying, dealing with microaggressions, Mm -hmm. you also have to challenge that culture. And that culture is about the leadership, uh, because leadership sets the tone, sets the culture in organisations. And what does that leadership need to attend to? And that's about equity of representation. And so one of the interventions that Time's Up has focused on and continues to do so is trying to ensure that the studios, production companies slate women as directors across the full film ecology from blockbusters to independent films. And we're certainly seeing significant change. We know if you have women directors, you will have more diverse crews. So you create this sort of ripple out effect. Um, but we still have a you know, significant way to go in ensuring that the leadership of the industry properly reflects you know, mm-hmm. the, the, who we all are 
reflects women, reflects race, reflects disability, reflects sexuality. And that is something that, you know, we always are trying to think about when we make those interventions um, that I was referencing earlier. So if sexual harassment is the, sadly the start of the battle, the battle is also in terms of trying to shift culture, because ultimately if you change culture, that is the biggest protection for ev everybody in the future against harassment, bullying, microaggression. Just interrupting this briefly to give a huge thanks to the wonderful sponsors for this episode, Bocker, who have also kindly made a donation to Time's Up UK. Bocker are my absolute favourite sustainable toothpaste subscription service, who are innovators of the refill and reusable toothpaste tube, a system that's tackling plastic consumption and keeping the environment cleaner. Bocker's revolutionary refill and reuse tube system, which I'm a huge fan of, was actually designed by the founder of the company's daughter, Mima, and is a world's first, aiming to help the global fight against single-use plastics. They also make the tastiest daytime and overnight toothpaste, with two different flavour combinations, which actually makes brushing your teeth a lot more exciting. My favourite is definitely the Overnight, which is mint, chamomile and aloe flavour, which is made with carefully sourced organic ingredients with gorgeous formulations which are specific to day and nighttime use. You can find out more about Bocca subscription service at bocca.co.uk. Thank you, Bocca. you said about shifting culture that's the kind of the most important sort of shift in society that we need to make and there has been a, a slight shift in that recently and how we talk about an approach the topic of sexual harassment and time's up and meet and me too were some of the things that spurred that on but often when we start to have this shifting in culture mm. there's a there's a pushback mm -hmm. and a lot of criticism and the me too movement itself has come under a lot of criticism and you often hear that it's gone too far or that it's a witch hunt and that men are scared that they can't do anything or even have like a meeting with a woman alone for fear of allegations being brought against them and as we both know this is not the case as the conversations only just really began and it's I'm sure to some people it might seem like a witch hunt just because it's never been a conversation that's ever happened before but what would you say to the critics of the movement and how can we continue to have this conversation whilst bridging the ever-widening gap between the people who think it's gone too far well I think your the first point is trying to maintain a conversation that one of the if you like, classic tactics in terms of trying to challenge progressive movements is to focus on a very small area of negativity. And that is, it's gone too far. It's interesting, mm -hmm. the use of the words witch hunt, which in and of itself is, is so laden with, um, with meaning. It's, it's, it, 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 it's such a male term to be used against women and obviously as we know was historically used against women yeah. so I think it's about how we stand the ground I think it's about how we maintain a conversation with our allies um, and with people who are saying this to say this does not change the reality that we're all facing into just just look at who's running organizations 50 percent of the population are women where is that representation and also I think mm -hmm. I mean I I'm not a great supporter of the business case for diversity and inclusion 
but actually all the research tells us that if you have diverse and inclusive boards, leadership, businesses, you will, you will uh, uh, prosper and you will be, you're much more likely rather to prosper and to grow commercially. So I think it's about constantly challenging a, a real misconception, which is about trying to stem the tide of progress by those who want to step back in time. There is still huge levels of unreported sexual harassment. Most uh, women, people of colour, do not raise it because they fear losing their jobs. It's, it's underreported and there is too much complicity still, i.e. people looking the other way when they know somebody's bullying um, another individual. So let us not, not lose sight of that big that big picture. And, and I think that's how we try and continue the conversation when people said it's gone too far. It hasn't gone, it hasn't gone too far because we know we've still got these issues constantly emerging within not just our sector in terms of film and television, but as I've mentioned in finance and banking, in retail, and literally in every sector. And I think it's it's a real it's it's trying to take us down uh, a, a sidetrack. Yeah. and divert our energy and we can't have our energy diverted from the bigger picture yeah no 100 percent. and what you were saying about there being a lack of reporting and especially from women of color who feel like they can't mm. report as they're scared of, of losing their job it feels more important than ever to rally around and support women and non-binary people of color as they are often the ones who spearhead these movements but tend to get whitewashed in history we've seen this happen with the me too movement the women's march and many many other occasions what are some actions that our listeners can take to show up for and support women and non-binary people of color in the workplace in the media and in day-to-day -day life i think probably the most important contribution we can all make is not to look away, is not to turn away, is, is when you see something that is wrong, it is as much your responsibility as the person who has been the victim of that behaviour. To whether you put your arm around that person, whether you say, can I help, can I support, this is being able to give advice about where you can get help increasingly companies organizations are having to have policies that deal with with harassment and bullying and it's very difficult to pursue your complaint but it is much easier to pursue your complaint if you feel you've got the support of your of your peers so i think you know if i was going to give a very small but very significant area of help that we can all do and we've all seen things and you thought mm, that was a bit off mm. I'm, you know that, that I'm not sure about that comment or that behavior or in that meeting how that woman was constantly constantly interrupted do I after that meeting go up to mm. you know the, the usually it is the guy who's been doing that and saying actually I think that you know you need to really think about how you kept on overriding um, in Sally or, or, or whoever. Now, most, uh, the ideal is that other men should go up and have that comment and make that comment to that person. And I think I would be saying to all of us, it's not to look away, to not be complicit, and to think about what is it that I can do in my sphere of influence that begins to shift culture. If I'm a team leader, 
how do I talk about unacceptable behavior in the team and how do I tackle it? So how do I role model good behavior? That means that this increasingly there is no space for bad behavior. That is what we can do on an individual level. If you're a chief executive, if you're a board member, then it's absolutely about ensuring that the policies and practices and the values of your organization constantly speak to this issue of equity, of representation, of creating cultures mm -hmm. which are respectful, which have dignity, and which are not abusive. That's not a big ask, is it? To not be abusive should not be a big ask, but it is still, and that's what we have to try and do systemically as we try and change the whole system. And what can I do as an individual? Just don't look away. That's so important. Thank you for saying that. As we are in a current global crisis, many of the advancements that have recently been made concerning gender equality have been reversed or put on hold. And also in mm. the aftermath of the pandemic, do you think there's a risk where the issue of sexual harassment gets deprioritized? And if so, what do you think the best way of combating this is? I think, you know, there are there are huge risks to, you know, we've seen women's unemployment rising way faster the impact of for women of colour. There are huge challenges around the care agenda, parenting, older people, access to paid work. Uh, so what we at Times Up try and think about, and, in, and, and, and indeed part of our, I suppose, narrative as we move forward is how do we push on all of those fronts to ensure that women are not pushed back to the back of the queue? And that when we come back in, you know, out of inglorious isolation, when we come back, can we build things in a better way? Can we, you know, when we think about now flexible working, which will definitely be part of working practices, we won't all be back five days a week in offices for those people who are based in offices. Can we have flexible working, which actually recognizes both men and women's parental responsibilities, caring responsibilities, how do we support, how do we su properly support that in a way that actually enables women to come into the workforce and progress and make some of those career advancements that we all desperately want, want to see. So I think the challenge is not to ha have it pushed back, but actually also to think about what are the practices that we can now change and I think there are opportunities around uh, what's happened because of the pandemic that, that could support the advancement of women and women of colour as we, as we come back, as I said, into, the sort of, into a, a, a world of social interaction, of hopefully economic growth, um, of being back in, in a more recognised workplace. So how do we build it back better? And that's a conversation that we well, is live for us in the US and, and as we think about here, how can we ensure that the, the leadership of the country, be it at a political level or in terms of our corporations and companies, how does everybody think about what is it that we now need to do to try and address some of the ills of the past? And is there an opportunity now for us to step into a space that we have not been in before? Amazing. So lastly, could you tell our listeners if you have anything coming up with Times Up UK that they should look out for and where can people find and support Times Up UK? Times Up UK, go to our website at Times Up UK and you'll find us there and it will tell you 
what we're doing and what's coming up and also give you news about the various initiatives. So, I mean, for us, in terms of the work that we're currently pro uh, progressing, we're, we're, we're going to be releasing around International Women's Day some more safety guidance around, uh, particularly in the entertainment sector, uh, around protecting individuals in terms of nudity and uh, intimacy on set. We're also particularly working on microaggressions, creating uh, a resource that will support individuals in terms of, mm -hmm. for many, the thing about microaggressions that it's like, it, it's like, is this happening? Is this an issue I should be concerned about? So actually to, to be able to enable you to understand actually your own experiences and then what you can do about that. And we're looking uh, particularly to work on microaggressions with women in finance who are also raising this issue very very strongly so we are we will continue to try and ensure that the our the sector that we started in the film and entertainment sector how do we progress safety but then in particular with microaggressions how do we lend our voice to implementing change not only in entertainment but as I say in in other sectors where we know this these experiences are uh, continue uh, uh, and thirdly how do we constantly push the leadership of uh, our sector to make changes around culture and to push for change that is absolutely about redressing the imbalance that we, we still have. So, you know, we are, we are a movement. We constantly try and understand the context of where we need to shift and where we need to focus our energies. So yeah, just look, look out for us online and you'll see what we're trying to do. And, you know, it's really, it's really important to, for as many people as possible to join join us because I do think if we, what was amazing about Me Too is that it led to one of the most powerful men in the industry for, and what it that speaks to is that if we raise our voices, there is nothing that we cannot do. It is about how we raise our voices together to affect this change. And that's what Time's Up looks to do. How do we work together, work with our sisters in grassroots organizations who have been out there for decades, arguing against violence against women, for example, mm -hmm. around working with rape crisis. We do setting up advice lines for women who are experiencing domestic abuse. How do we all work together to say, Time's Up, this is unacceptable. You know, this has to stop. And the more that we can say that together, both our male allies and women, uh, you know, those bricks will get pulled out of those structures and ultimately those structures will fall. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm going to put a link in to the Time's Up website, to the show notes. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> of, course, of course. And um, I'd really encourage all of my listeners to check out the amazing work that Time's Up is doing. And if you're going to do one thing for International Women's Day, please do check them out and support the incredible work that they're doing. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I really appreciate it and really appreciate the work that you're doing in this industry. So, yeah. I, thank you so much for your time thank you very much goodbye bye have a great rest of your day you too bye-bye Thank you so much for listening to this International Women's Day special of the Cheer Up Love podcast and an extra special thank you to Dame Heather Rabatz for coming on. 
I've put a link in the show notes, so please do take a moment to check out the wonderful work that Time's Up are doing and donate to the course if you can. Also, just to say a huge thanks to Womanhood and Bocca who have made this episode possible. 50% of the proceeds of this episode have been donated to Time's Up UK. The wonderful music you've been listening to was composed by Alex Gruse.